Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're gathered together this morning on the second Sunday in Advent. It's a dreary second Sunday in Advent, but nonetheless, here we are. And as we do each and every year on the second Sunday of Advent, we meet John the Baptist. And each and every year on the second Sunday in Advent, John the Baptist has a word for us. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is come near. Now, for those of you newer to the ancient traditions of the church, Advent seems harsh, out of place. It's a holiday season all around us, and these past two seasons we here at church have been exposed to prayers and readings that are not at all festive. They're not festive in the sense the world around us is festive in. Last Sunday, Jesus warned us to stay awake, that he would return at an hour we did not expect or know. It was a message proclaiming the end of the world and the return of Christ to judge the quick and the dead. And this week stands John the Baptist in the wilderness crying, repent. The Baptist calls out the hypocrite and those secure in their faith. He calls out to those who will hear him and calls them to action, to do something, to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now, this close to Christmas... This is not what we might expect walking into this place for the first time. So this morning, brothers and sisters, let us consider a thing essential for our salvation, repentance. Now, what comes to mind when you hear the word repent? What emotions surface when someone yells repent? Now, I'm willing to bet, and especially if you were raised in the God-fearing South, that you feel one of two ways about this either humiliated or mad. The idea of someone telling you to repent is usually associated with some sort of moral code or law. So if you're told to repent, it usually means that you've been behaving badly. You need to stop doing bad things or that you're a bad person and need to change who you are. So being told to repent implies judgment. And who wants to be judged by others? I propose a slightly different take on what repentance is this morning. The stuff true repentance is made of is slightly different. I propose a thesis that repentance is not a legal term, but a change in the attitude of our souls. I propose that repentance is opening our hearts to joy, that repentance is allowing ourselves to have the hardness of our hearts broken, to become joy-filled, peace-filled, and happy. When St. John the Baptist cries, repent, the kingdom of God has come near. What is it that he is really and actually wanting us to do? Is it to quit being bad? Or is it to open our hearts and our souls and allow the love of God to pour into us, to fill us? I think one of the most dangerous aspects of our fallen humanity is that we close ourselves off. We harden our hearts to God's love. 
That is to say, we have this very distorted tendency to self-reliance and safety and self-security. We might love others, but we guard our hearts and our souls so that we do not get hurt. We don't trust others as we were created to trust others. And we don't trust others because of the fear of being hurt ourselves, the fear of being let down, the fear of being injured. So in most of our relationships, we are dictated by guardedness. We only allow so much access to our heart and souls. We keep others at arm's distance that we may not get hurt, that others may not see the real, the true us. The us we know to be ugly and to be broken. Now this guarding of our hearts and souls is unfortunately also and especially extended to God. We do not let God into our hearts and souls fully and completely. We do not trust God with the vulnerable places within us. We meet God on our terms, not his. We keep love itself out and rely upon ourselves to meet our needs. We keep God at distance because it's too dangerous to give up control. Let us consider the Pharisee and Sadducee in the gospel this morning. We are trained to think of them to be awful, hateful, vile people. To call someone a Pharisee is an insult. But beloved in the Lord, we are them. They were very devoted to the practice of religion. They were at the center and heart of Judaism. They were the keepers of the faith the interpreters of the law. We have to believe they were good people who were making some sort of effort. They're the same sort of people who would be in church today, who would make it a priority. By all rights, they should have been the ones to receive Jesus with open arms, but yet they weren't. They are the ones whose titles became insults. Why? These devout people became insults because they refused. They could not repent. They could not allow their hearts to be broken and to let the joy and the love and the peace of God fill them. They could not trust God's love. They remained self-serving and self-reliant. John the Baptist warns them, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Now to understand repentance, we must understand this command. It is central to the gospel's message. To bear fruit worthy of repentance is active. It is to take action. To bear fruit worthy of repentance is not an intellectual idea. It is not something that we think about. It is something we do. For fruit is the product of the tree. It was what the plant produces. So it is obvious that the lives of these religious folks were not producing worthy fruit, fruit worthy of God's kingdom, fruit worthy of God's love. These Pharisees and Sadducees might have kept their religious duties. They might have gone to church. They might have kept themselves unstained by the world. But they bore no fruit. The love of God did not fill their hearts. They did not trust God. Rather, they trusted only themselves. To bear fruit worthy of God's kingdom is 
to extend ourselves in love to others. To bear fruit worthy of God's kingdom is to love God and to allow God to love you completely and thoroughly, even the broken and ugly parts. It is to allow God to fill you with joy and with peace and with hope. It is to give yourself entirely to God. This act of repentance, this producing fruit worthy of God's kingdom is done by loving others. By caring for the poor and the orphan and the widow, extending love to your neighbor, being kind and welcoming to the stranger, reaching out to others to make their lives better and easier. Repentance is risk-taking. Repentance is expending the energy to love and care for the stranger and the friend. And in this risk-taking, we are transformed. We can see more easily God's love and mercy and peace. When we take risks and live outside ourselves and trust in something besides us and our own concerns, we see God. We learn to trust God more and more completely. We learn to love God more truly. We learn to allow God to love us more and more in doing things. And in these things, we repent. We gain joy and a happiness that cannot be known outside of God. So as we hear the cry of St. John the Baptist this morning, repent, the kingdom of God has come near. Look at yourself. Let us examine our souls. Do we really trust God? Or at the end of the day, do we trust in ourselves? Are we risk takers? Do we take risks to extend love to others? Do we care about, care for the poor and the unloved? Are our hearts hardened? Are we self-reliant? Or do we depend on God for our every need? Are we filled with bitterness? Or does God's love and peace and happiness fill us? Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the nativity of Jesus and the kingdom of God both draw near. We must, we must bear fruit worthy of repentance or we risk losing our souls. We must learn to love God and to love others. And we can only do this by bearing fruit worthy of God's love. We must allow God's love and mercy to break our hearts and to fill our souls. We must practice repentance and allow God's joy and hope and peace to fill us completely. So on the second Sunday of Advent, let us commit ourselves again and anew to the process of repentance. Let us heed the words of St. John the Baptist. Let us commit ourselves to allowing the joy and the love and the hope and the peace of God to fill our hearts. Let us repent as the kingdom of God comes near. And let us come to know a peace and a happiness and a joy and a hope that this world can never give. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.